It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, it's Thursday of game week as the Ohio State Buckeyes get ready to play the Wisconsin Badgers in the Big Ten opener. That means it's time to go behind enemy lines and take a look at the Buckeyes' opponent for this week. We'll tell you all about Wisconsin as Ohio State welcomes the Badgers to town for Saturday night football from the shoe. Coming up next on Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown as we get ready for Ohio State and Wisconsin, two heavyweights in the Big Ten that will play each other early in the conference schedule. It's week four of the college football season, and maybe this is a preview of a Big Ten title game. It certainly has been in years past. We'll find out if the same is true in 2022. I'm Brendan Gulick. You can find all of our content on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe there and, and hit the notification bell so you know when we post some new stuff. Or, uh, of course, on BuckeyesNow.com, and you can follow us on our social media handles at BuckeyesNowSI. This is our Behind Enemy Lines podcast on Thursday morning, which means we've got a special guest with us here this morning. It's Matt Bells from All Badgers, part of our Fan Nation Network. He is the publisher covering the Wisconsin Badgers. Matt, thanks for spending a little time with us, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Got to tell you, uh, as I sort of rank my favorite cities outside of Columbus in the league, Madison's pretty high on the list. It's a great spot. It's a super cool game day environment. Um, if I'm not cheering for the Buckeyes on any given weekend, I, I usually hope the Badgers perform well. It's a fun, fun place. Yeah, and this weekend should be electric in Columbus. I'm, I'm assuming, especially with those black unis and everything that's going to be going on. Certainly a lot of hype around this game. And, and why don't we start maybe just big picture around Wisconsin's program? Because there are few programs in the Big Ten that consistently get the appropriate level of hype year in and year out. Wisconsin's one of them. You know, this is a, a team that their identity hasn't changed a whole lot. They're tough and, and they're usually pretty big and they're very physical. Feels like everybody in America knows that Jim Leonard runs the defense because every national broadcast has pointed that out a hundred times a game. Uh, and it's, it's kind of cool that they have built that brand on toughness and grit. Uh, it feels like Big Ten football personified. So from a 10,000-foot view, I'd, I'd love your impression on the way the season's gone so far, both the high notes and, unfortunately, a low note. Yeah, so so far, coming into this season, this was a team that I think most people were hoping would be vying to get back to a Big Ten championship game, probably against the Buckeyes, right? Like, that's kind of the way it's gone, as you mentioned, the past decade, uh, more often than not. And uh, – Going into it, you saw some some good things right away. Wisconsin beating Illinois State, a team that they, they should handle, right? Like that's a, a game that you should win. But then they had a severe dip, a lot of mental errors going on against what Washington State dropped that game, uh, had a 
bounce back performance, I guess, against New Mexico State, one of the worst teams in the FBS. I think everybody can point to that and and say, yeah, that's just not a good team. We saw a lot of errors on their side that you wouldn't normally see from a Big Ten team or really any Power Five team. But I think so far, most fans would have hoped for more, uh, to be honest. Uh, this team is hoping to be uh, kind of coming into their own. They were really breaking in some new offensive pieces, some new defensive pieces. So it's gone. I, I'd say it's been kind of a letdown so far, but I, I know the coaches, a, lo- a lot of people are kind of ready to see where this team can go from here, knowing that there's a lot of season remaining. Well, I know both teams come into this game feeling like they've got the, uh, their work cut out for them. Both teams certainly come in with momentum. The Buckeyes obviously had a big offensive game last week against Toledo. And if you're looking for a pick-me-up after a tough loss, New Mexico State's probably the first team you'd call. No yeah. offense to the Aggies. Um, they, they really haven't been very good. And so the Badgers certainly you know, played well last weekend, it, it, it appeared. Uh, yeah. I had a chance to watch a little bit of the game, and it looked like a chance for the fan base and the team to take a big, deep breath and recognize that their goals are still attainable. Uh, you can overcome an early season loss if you win the rest of your games. Give us an idea, just the the pulse of being in the facility and and sort of, you know, the way Coach Christ is trying to rally the troops because, unfortunately, we know in Columbus all too well what it can be like to lose in week two and still try to make something happen the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, it was it was one of those things where you saw a lot of players and coaches after that game kind of talk about just how deflating it was and how it was something that they really were going to use to fuel them going forward, um, as you would expect them to say, right? Like that was a, a game that they're putting be- behind themselves. But I think one thing that's been interesting, having covered this team for, you know, past four or five years, is this is this is a game where you've you've seen and hear, heard coaches talk about it more than, hey, this it's just another game, right? Like that's something that you hear a lot of the times is, hey, we're just trying to go one and oh, we're just trying to focus on our next opponent, um, regardless of who it is. But Jim Leonard specifically called this game out saying, this is a big game. We need to prepare for it. And and that was something that even some of the players, Braylon Allen brought it up that, hey, there is a bigger emphasis on this. This is a game that they look at all year long as they should. I mean, Ohio State has owned them recently. I don't think that's anybody would argue with that, right? Like Wisconsin has it once against Ohio State since 2010, and it, it took a lot of circumstances to make that happen. So I, I think this is a game that they really have circled and that they're really excited about, but I think they're very knowledgeable that this is going to be an uphill battle as well. Like they know the talent that is, is in Columbus. But I think Ryan Day's done a great job this year of making sure his team understands that, look, you are going to get everybody's best shot. You're going to see things that aren't on tape because everybody's trying to figure out a way to to throw in a new wrinkle to beat you. And you have to prepare at an elite level so that you can react to that kind of stuff, because there is a target on your back when you play football in Columbus. You know, I, I want to dive into some of the personnel, but I think maybe the bigger storyline coming into the season for Wisconsin uh, and we can still talk a little bit of that because we're a couple weeks in, but it's the first game in the Big Ten. You know, you you bring in a new offensive coordinator in Bobby Ingram. You know, the, I, my perspective, and I think a lot of Buckeye fans would say that this team is built around the success of its defense. You know, Jim Knowles comes to Columbus. There's all this talk and hype around what Coach Knowles did at Oklahoma State last year. Georgia had this elite defense for sure, but gosh, Wisconsin was right there. I mean, their defense – in 2021 was that good. 
Um, and it feels like that's the story most of the time, right? Offensively, not a great year, especially through the air. So Bobby Ingram gets the opportunity to come in and try to figure this thing out through the first couple of weeks between the impact you've seen you know, him make schematically and then hopefully maybe some of the growth from Graham Mertz. What's the state of the passing attack? It is, it is night and day compared to last year. You saw, um, if you watched Wisconsin football, you saw Graham Mertz struggle with his footwork, his decision-making last year, which, which hurt his confidence in a lot of ways. Um, and you saw wide receivers that just weren't able to separate. You saw guys not being open, um, an outdated passing scheme in a lot of ways. What they were doing uh, just wasn't up to what they should have been doing. And you saw – Bring in Bobby Ingram. He's kind of rejuvenated a lot of ways. I'm not going to say that this is an amazing Wisconsin passing attack. This is not C.J. Stroud, and it's not a lot of other weapons around him. But instead, Wisconsin does have a deep wide receiver group that is not something that we've been accustomed to. You normally have one wide receiver. You look back at 2019 when these two teams played, you had Quintess Cephas, right? Like you knew that was the guy you had to cover. Wisconsin has multiple guys that you have to account for this year. Three different targets have gone for, uh, um, have over a hundred yards on the year. Two have gone over a hundred yards. Wisconsin just doesn't have that that often. So while that is kind of like nothing to be going crazy about. It is steps in the right way, uh, direction for Wisconsin. So I do think that there's a lot of progress made in the passing game. One thing that uh, Bobby Ingram has really made a focus on is getting guys out in space and in giving them opportunities to make plays, trusting that wide receivers will do that. Something that they just didn't do. It was, it was more of, Hey, here are the routes. We're going to hope that within this, we're going to run the same, I would say 12 passes type of schemes throughout the game and use a very basic route tree, there's a little bit more nuance in what they're doing now, which I think should help them and make them a little less one-dimensional because we know Ohio State's going to want to stop the run game in Braylon Allen. It's going to be so fascinating to watch because Ohio State is basically, we think, you know, going to come out with a 4-2-5 defense. That's what we've seen so far. I am curious, and Jim Knowles was asked today at his press conference about how do you stop the run with a 4-2-5 scheme? And, and he gave a little bit of an answer, but essentially said you've got to create some confusion for the offensive linemen so that they take a wrong step or that there is indecision because they're misreading something. And that's where you can then essentially play offense on defense. Yep. But it's still tough to do, and, and the Buckeyes are going to have their work cut out for them trying to stop Braylon Allen. I want to talk more about him in a second, but going back to Graham for a second, I, I found an interesting note on him last year. So in September and in October last year, he basically completed 55% of his passes and he wasn't averaging particularly deep down the field, just about six yards, three touchdowns, seven interceptions in those two months. And his quarterback rating was dead last among Big Ten quarterbacks. Flip the script then to November through the end of bowl season, he was 66% completion percentage. That's almost 20 points higher. He was an additional two and a half yards uh Per pass attempt down the field, that's obviously, you know, showing more confidence. And he essentially flipped his touchdown to interception ratio seven to four, uh, and he went up to fourth in the Big Ten in quarterback rating. So you you definitely saw development from him last year. I realize we don't necessarily have the stats yet with a smaller sample size, but is there something about Graham Mertz who is obviously highly recruited? He's a good player. Where has he specifically been better? 
whether it's decision making or or command of the offense, how has he been better this year? Yeah, I think number one confidence and and understanding his role. I think last year and really in 2020 as well, he was trying to press, right? Like he was trying to live up to that four-star um, ranking that he came out of high school with. And it, it just wasn't there. You you saw his footwork would, when he was under duress, he really struggled. Um, and when Wisconsin's offensive line wasn't at their best in those early games, that's when he, um, as you said, early in those September, October games, that's when it, it just wasn't there for him. Uh, you look at it now, he's, he's completing almost 71% of his passes, like you mentioned, small sample size, but he has a command of the offense. You look at it and he's able to be the leader and Isaac Rendo, redshirt senior running back, you know, I thought said it really well when he just said he comes into the huddle and you can tell that he believes in what he's doing and he trusts everybody around him. And, and he is able to just take ownership of the offense. And I think that's a big step for him. He's trying to take what the defense gives him instead of trying to, you know, play superhero in this offense when, when they don't really need that. That's not what Wisconsin's been built on for so many years. They're built on, like you mentioned, a defense, a solid running game, and then complementary throwing when you need to. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's go to Braylon Allen for a second because certainly a good running back uh, or running game in general can take a lot of pressure off of a quarterback. I know there's some balance, and certainly last week you had multiple guys that really got going, but there's really no secret that Allen is sort of the leader of that room. What has most impressed you about him so far this year? Uh, his patience and his ability to continue to break tackles. That's that's what he's known for. He gets most of his yardage after contact, and you look at the way that teams stack the box, he has to be, right? Like he has to be able to make guys miss and take advantage of those missed tackles. But I think that he's made some nice steps in his ability to read and react a little bit more. Last year, it was more of, hey, I'm running full speed. Sometimes you'd run right into the line and then it was just, okay, I'm going to bounce outside and then I'm good. But now you're seeing him let it, let the uh, blocks develop a little bit more, take his time. Um, I He's danced a little more than you'd probably like trying to get, find the right hole. But at the same time, I think that he has taken some nice steps. He still need to work, work on uh, his, his pass blocking. I think that's been something that hasn't been great, but overall you, you can see that he's developed nicely from year one to year two. Let's flip to defense here with Matt Bell's publisher for all Badgers on the uh, Fan Nation Network with Sports Illustrated's media group. We're, uh, we're going behind enemy lines here on Thursday morning as the Buckeyes and Badgers get ready for a big Saturday night showdown on ABC. Defensively, I mean, gosh, Jim Leonard's resume essentially speaks for itself. 
I found it very interesting that he chose not to take the job with Green Bay in this offseason, uh, considering he lost seven starters in last year's defense. I can only think that part of the decision to not take a job with you know, a, a franchise as legendary as the Green Bay Packers, he must really like Madison, and he must feel pretty good about what he's got coming in 2022, um, despite the fact that he essentially lost his entire secondary and he had to replace – you know, more than half of the starters on his defense. Uh, again, just as a starting point here, let's let's get your overall thoughts on the way the defense has played so far. Yeah, you mentioned it, a lot of turnover. But at the same time, I think that you've, you had a lot of young guys who got significant opportunities last year uh, that they kind of worked in. Um, I think really the one position where you look at it and you would say, hey, these guys are really fresh, is inside linebacker, but those two are the two leading tacklers and they've played really well so far in Muma Jongmeta and Jordan Turner, two guys that I I think are really athletic inside linebackers, maybe not quite the the thumpers that you saw from Jack Sanborn, Leo Chanel, but I, I think it really starts with Nick Herbig as an edge rusher and Keanu Benton in the middle. Uh, I, I think those two, they lead the entire defense. They are, are by far the best two players. I, I, I think Paul Christ at one point said Nick Herbig was the best player on their entire team, and he's got four sacks through through three games. I think that's, that's telling. But I, I think really this defense is still in a good spot. They're not what they were last year, at least that's my opinion. They Statistically, they aren't. You, you saw them lose a game that they shouldn't have against Washington State. But – Overall, I think there's a lot of talent, but they are a really young group outside of Benton in the middle. Um, They had a lot of injuries in the secondary, which I think looking at Ohio State, like going up against them, not necessarily great, but they've got a lot of depth. They brought in three transfer cornerbacks with all seniors, so a lot of experience. They got a couple of them back heading into this week, but I, I still think that the secondary is where there's questions remaining going into this matchup, which is, which is not great. (laughs) Sure. Alexander Smith, the top is at least as I can, um, you know, he's their number. He he was their number one. He sure feels like the top defensive back. Um, Maybe a coaching staff might, you know, grade that differently, but in my opinion, he's your top defensive back and it sounds like he will not be available on Saturday. Um, So I know that's a, that's a tough blow. Look, I I don't want to get, too far down the road here, but I, I feel like part of the blueprint of beating an Ohio State offense that looks the way, I mean, they're they had a 736-yard game last week. I realize it might not be quite that drastic if they were playing a, you know, a defense of Wisconsin's caliber, but when they're at their best, we've certainly seen what that looks like. So it, it feels to me like the recipe to try to beat Ohio State is to control the clock, to not commit stupid penalties, to figure out ways to capitalize on the rare mistakes that Ohio State does make. And part of that comes down to your ability to capitalize on special teams. You've got to play the field position game. You can't give points away, and you have to convert when you have opportunities to kick field goals and things. Um, Give us an idea what the the special teams unit looks like so far. Special teams uh, has looked really rough so far for Wisconsin. And and I I agree with you. I think that if Wisconsin is to make this a really close game or have a chance to win, they're going to have to keep the ball out of CJ Stroud's hands and they're going to have to really do some things in special teams, but uh, field goal kicking wise, they have their number one field goal kicker is, well, at least he was out for this most recent game. 
Their backup is actually the guy who took most of the snaps in fall camp. So he he's capable. He's He made his lone kick last weekend, but he's still a redshirt freshman who would be kicking his first uh, kicks on the road. Uh, Punter-wise, though, they they have one of the best punters in the Big Ten. He's 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 a beast. He's an animal. Um, he is about six foot three and two hundred thirty pounds. Um, he was on the freaks list for a reason, but he he can punt it really well. Um, but you look at it return-wise, uh, Isaac Rendo, really explosive kick returner as well. But I you you look at it from top to bottom. They've struggled in punt returns sometimes, and they've also let opportunities go by the wayside because of penalties and special teams. So they've got a lot to clean up in that area because I think that that's going to be a key part in this matchup. I mean, we don't have to look too far back to that 2019 Big Ten championship when Wisconsin was dropping a punt, right? Like, I think we can remember that um, just how impactful special teams can be and Wisconsin needs to be better um, based off of what they've seen so far this year. I, uh, I'm only I'm only asking this for clarity because you've called him an animal and and we know uh, we know the Badgers have a lot of really good players on their team. Pronounce your punter's last name for me correctly. Vujnovic. Vujnovic. Yeah, uh, Andy Vujnovic. Vujnovic. So for for all the Buckeye fans that are uh, hoping that they're going to see a lot of punts on Saturday because uh, that would be good for Ohio State's defense. <laughs> Uh, the appropriate way to say his last name is Vujnovic. All right, Andy Vujnovic. Got it. Um, let's let's wrap on this, Matt. The West hasn't been very good. I don't really think there's another way to spin it. Northwestern's had a really bad start. Illinois hasn't looked great. Um, Iowa's defense looks elite. Their offense looks non-existent. Nebraska's already gone through a coaching change. It's gotten so bad. I would I would figure, especially watching what Purdue did last weekend against Syracuse, I would imagine that even with an early season disappointing loss to Washington State and drawing a really tough first game here um and and look if you win that that's great that it feels like a bonus but you don't necessarily need to beat ohio state or to beat michigan in the league to win the west so give me an idea of like what the temperature is right now around the badger fan base knowing that hey maybe it hasn't been a great hot start and we got a tough draw coming but gosh it's not like the you know the rest of the division is running away from us either yeah, I think that was one of the uh, the kind of added bonuses of what happened two weeks ago is sure they lost, but so did the rest of the Big Ten West, essentially. And it's still wide open. And, and players brought that up. Like they, they said, hey, we're not watching the scoreboard of what other teams are doing, but we also are, are very aware that, hey, we haven't played any Big Ten games. So every, all our goals are still ahead of us. We can still get to Indianapolis. And, and so inside the locker room, they're still – thinking that, hey, everything's in front of them. I I think there's a subsection of the fan base that is still pretty upset about two weeks ago because of the way they lost the game and how it was a lot of self-inflicted wounds. But I I think most fans are also understanding that, hey, this is going to be a really tough game, that they're hoping, hey, if Wisconsin can make it competitive, maybe steal a win. I I don't see it happening, but maybe. Um, it, it It would help them build on and see that, hey, we have the talent to to make a run when the, when the schedule eases up a little bit here because it it does drastically change. Going from Ohio State to Illinois at home is is a big drastic difference. So this this team understands that everything's in front of them, and now it's just a matter of seeing what they can do when the competition level really rises this weekend because I think it's going to be uh, an exciting test for them. 
last one here, and it's it's a simple question. I don't know if it's a simple answer, um, but Wisconsin wins Saturday night if, and you fill in the blank. The defense has to get after C.J. Stroud, make him, you know, get him off of his spot because he's got too many weapons around him uh, to to make him get comfortable. They need to make it so that he's not on the field as often. So they need to be able to run the ball. I, I think you look back at how Oregon, the blueprint that they laid out, they ran the ball, right? Like that was one of the biggest things. Obviously, Ohio State had some own self-inflicted wounds in that game, but you need to be able to run the ball. You need to keep the ball out of um, that Buckeye offense. And, and then you can't hurt yourself. Penalties, special teams, those are areas Wisconsin hasn't been great this year. Those are things that they have to win those battles because you have to win in the margins in the game like this if you want to beat a team that is, in a lot of ways, more talented from top to bottom. So I think that that's what it's going to come down to. Graham Mertz is going to have to be able to throw the ball as well in timely manner. But I think really it comes down to winning one-on-one matchups and, and that's, it's going to be a matter of, Hey, they're going to be the more talented team, but you need to win those matchups still. And it's, and it's going to be a collective team effort from the Badgers if that's going to happen. Matt Bell's over at allbadgers.com. And president, by the way, of the uh, Andy Vujinovich fan club. We, uh, we'll keep our eyes open for that this weekend. Hey, before we let you go, anything you're working on that uh, you'd like to tell our readers about or our, our viewers about that they might be interested in? Yeah, uh, just within every game have live updates. So if you want to see the Badger perspective on, on uh, Saturday, go ahead and check that out. But really a lot of different previews we'll have by the numbers coming up here, just looking at some statistics and how the two teams compare Um Small sample size to three games, but that's kind of going to be on deck here um, tomorrow. And also, um, Brendan was kind enough to answer some questions for me. So you'll see kind of his perspective on this Ohio State team um, and his answers uh, tomorrow as well on on the site. Looking forward to it and uh, can't wait to collaborate with you over the course of the weekend. It's going to be a fun game Saturday night, 730 kickoff at Ohio Stadium. ABC's got the game. Of course, Chris Fowler, Kirk Kerbstreit and Holly Rowe will be on the call. For what could potentially be, we'll find out, uh, a Big Ten championship preview. Who knows? But these certainly seem to be two of the better teams in the conference so far this year. Matt, appreciate your time, man. Good luck uh, in your coverage this week, and we'll be certainly uh, reading and watching along the way. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for watching Buckeye Breakdown on our YouTube channel or listening after the fact, wherever you like to get your favorite podcasts. We hope you'll check out Buckeyesnow.com for all the latest on Ohio State football. Of course, this was Behind Enemy Lines. We'll have our game preview posted tomorrow morning. We'll have predictions on the website as well, so make sure you check those out. And uh, plenty of coverage from the last couple days, as we've heard from Coach Day, Coach Knowles, and several of the players after practice on Wednesday night. For Matt Bells, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks again for watching, and we'll see you real soon over on BuckeyesNow.com.